This is Dr. Dan Sullivan coming to you from Chiropractic Advocate Headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. You are listening to Cairo Candy with Billy Sticker. You're listening to Cairo Candy, the podcast of sweet chiropractic success. Now, here's your host, Billy Sticker. Hey guys, Billy Sticker here. This is episode number 79 of Cairo Candy, and I hope things are going well with you. Uh, we are back in full uh, full swing, full force, I guess you would say, of the new school year down here. Uh, we've got the youngest one, Brendan, you know, got his football stuff going on. My daughter's been doing her volleyball, and uh, actually this was a we're coming off a long weekend for Labor Day. And Brady was down from college, so uh, it was just a good time. Had a really good weekend. But last week, I spent the majority of the week out in Georgia with uh, a client, Dr. Ren Halverson. And I've mentioned him before, and he's actually going to be coming on the show here in a few weeks. Um, but he developed a program called the A to Z Associate Program, and it's all about how to hire um you know, how to hire associates, how to find them, how to go through the interview process, uh, how to put them in your office, how to train them, and how to start satellite offices uh, and partner with them. It's just a, a really, really phenomenal program. But we were out there shooting some videos for that and um, really looking forward to to that launch coming up. Uh, it's We did a, I don't want to say a beta launch, but we did kind of a soft launch here several months ago, uh, and the the results. Every, everyone who purchased the program, I mean, we've just gotten rave reviews from it so far. So uh, we are tweaking a couple of things, adding some stuff to it, but we're really, really looking forward to that. So got that going on. That's one announcement, and announcement number two. Uh, I've you guys, if you've listened for a while, know that I do a lot of Facebook uh, marketing for clients. Um, you know, we've got the C4 community, which is actually no longer open. Um, you know, for the longest time you could sign up for a dollar and, but, um, right now the members that are in there are in there and, uh, nobody else is getting in for now, but <clears throat> I have that where I show a lot of, you know, there a lot of the how to Facebook stuff on there. Uh, but then I also actually do Facebook marketing for doctors all over the U S and, um, I have got, we found several different campaigns that work really, really well, and I'm going to be doing a training. I don't have a date set yet, but it's going to be like a master class or webinar or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but the presentation, I'm really, really excited about it. It's really good information, but it's really to help equip you to do a lot of this stuff yourself or to have your staff go through it and have them do it. Um, if you are not signed up uh, on our email list, I will tell you at the end of the show how to get signed up for that. Uh, this week is actually going to be a, another best of episode. And we originally aired this interview back at the beginning of the year. It was Dr. Josh Wagner. And at the time, let's see, I believe it was episode number 56. And I mean, obviously we'd had, you know, 50 something episodes before this one, but within probably the first two to three weeks, it had already jumped up to in the top five uh, of the most downloaded episodes ever. And now I think it's in the top three. Uh, it's It just remains to be an episode that gets an extremely 
high amount of downloads. And so I thought this would be a good one to, um, to kind of re release and, uh, get to the, you know, to some of the newer audience who maybe wouldn't, wouldn't listening back then and, you know, haven't gone back, you know, almost 30 episodes to listen to all those. So, uh, it's a great episode and I will go ahead and cut on over into that. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Billy. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you on today. So you have a place up in Manhattan, New York. Practice Correct. up there, and then you have a, a second place down in uh, Miami Beach, uh, which is obviously totally opposite <laughs> of Manhattan. But um, where are you at right now? Where are we catching you? I'm currently in Manhattan in New York City. Okay. Well, what's the weather like? I know you said you were on a motorcycle just a little bit ago. So. Well, t- today it is today's what Wednesday, March twenty something, and Third. it's actually it's actually supposed to hit seventy degrees today in Manhattan, and it was probably mid fifties at ten in the morning when I was on a motorcycle, and that's that's fine with me for m- March. Yeah, that's a big yeah. difference. Yeah, we were in Florida last week, and which this part of Texas, we're right off the Gulf Coast, so we see a hundred percent humidity. Without it raining, you know, we, we get the same type, uh, climate, but this time of the year, the humidity is normally not that high. And then being in Orlando, oh my goodness, you know, 80 degrees feels like it's 90. Totally understand. So, uh, well, well, good deal. Um, let's go ahead and get into some of this. Tell us what got you started in the chiropractic profession. Sure. I was a undergrad, 20 years old at NYU in Manhattan with absolutely no direction. And literally, I could remember the moment I walked through my dorm room door, threw my coat and bag down on a chair, and chiropractor just popped into my head. Never been to one, but my brother and mother had both had great experiences in the past recovering from injuries. And that's all I knew at the moment was the stereotypical layperson's view of chiropractic back, neck issues. But it was enough at the time with having no direction to start researching, Googling. I called chiropractors. I started visiting. And I happened to stumble upon some really, really great chiropractors who became my mentors, who were passionate, successful, and very philosophically oriented. And I was able to get this huge chiropractic education before even going to Life University, which is where I ended up going. And a lot of people don't know this of how, let's say, philosophically based I am. I mean, I spent, I don't know if you know this name, but the late, great Pasquale Sarasoli, I spent countless evenings and Thursday nights in his uh, basement listening to his lectures. I've spent nights with Reggie Gold. He used to host students at his home outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I was going to chiropractic seminars before even getting into uh, grad school. So I just... That's what really resonated with me about chiropractic, the philosophical and spiritual component of, like we were talking about before we started recording, Billy, what you resonate with too, about innate coursing through the body and chiropractic allows the full expression of that and really truly connecting man to innate, which is in my mind, another expression of God. Yep. That's why I love chiropractic. Good stuff. So what, um, so you went to life. And then went back home to New York, started practicing there? Yep. Ended up uh, after a few months hiatus because I really, I had my own little crisis after grad school. I was 
the stereotypical like practice management junkie. I mean, I went to every seminar. I tried to learn from everyone. And when I graduated, I realized I saw the changes in the economy and insurance and, and insurance was dramatically decreasing most across the country. And I realized a lot of the practice management over the past 20 to 30 years was really catered to an insurance practice. Like, you know, how many visits can we get people coming in? Uh, you know, low copays, all of that, like just high volume. And I realized that wasn't the practice I wanted and that wasn't as easily reproduced as insurance was decreasing. So I actually took a bunch of months off after graduating to just figure out how do I want to practice? And I ended up coming back to, uh, back up to New York, finding a space starting out from scratch in the middle of Manhattan, which scared the shit out of me, really. Uh, I never expected to practice in Manhattan. And ended up making it work. And I would say more on my terms, I dropped a lot of what I had learned from the scripting, uh, new patient scripting to the conventional ways of uh, recommending care. And I was able to be myself, which was just as important as whatever money I made. And I started sharing that with other chiropractors, seeing that it worked for them too. Not just, it's not just a Manhattan thing. It's not just a my personality thing. And that's why I created the Perfect Patient Funnel System, an online strategies program for chiropractors, uh, which has just exploded for chiropractors all over the world, really, uh, because it allows chiropractors to really be their own authentic self with newer strategies that most of the profession I don't see as using to help more people, make more money, and have a lot more ease in practice. So one of the things that's different about, you know, this podcast and a lot of people listening, you know, they know that, uh, I used to say, we don't talk about philosophy in what I, I mean by that is I'm not a chiropractor. Yeah. You know, I agree with the philosophy and that's like we talked about. That's kind of what, why I started this. Um, but m- my background is marketing. And so that's more, Along the lines is, okay, what can we do to help you grow your practice? Uh, which is really, that's why we're having you on the show today. Um, what are three or four tips that you have, practical applications that some of the docs listening could take and apply in their practice tomorrow Absolutely. to start making a difference? Yeah. And, and, and just a disclaimer, when I mention some intimate details about my philosophy, that is in no way I completely respect any chiropractor. It could be an MDDC practice. It could be a modality-based practice. If a chiropractor has the, a great intent of really wanting to help their community and help their patients, 100% endorse you. So this is nowhere. What I'm going to share is not you have to be a 100% philosophically based upper cervical type chiropractor. It's not about that. But let's get right into some actual practical uh, steps. And here's something that I had been thinking about for years, but some of my practice management mentors had always discarded when I was younger, even before practicing as, oh, that's not possible. And now I've shared it with the profession and do it myself. And chiropractors everywhere started doing this and realizing, wow, patients accept care easier. They understand it. They value it more. And as the chiropractor, I feel a lot more comfortable recommending care this way, like a lot more congruent and in integrity. And that is what I call time-based care plans rather than visit number-based care plans. Uh, 
So let's get into this. It doesn't matter how you charge, whether you charge per visit, whether you have a care plan fee that someone can prepay for or pay in installments or monthly or whatever it is. As chiropractors, the whole profession primarily recommends a, a, a course of care based on a number of adjustments. That's always been the case. And chiropractors are, more than any profession I've ever seen, obsessed with certain numbers like number of visits a week, um, patient visit average, patient fee average, number of visits in a care plan. And we don't realize that it sabotages our practice and it sabotages more people accepting care and understanding care and wanting to tell other people about you. Because almost no other doctor, when you go to them, recommends more than a handful of visits. And that could be your pediatrician, that could be an oncologist, that could be an OBGYN. So when people come to a chiropractor and a chiropractor recommends anywhere from between 12 visits to, I mean, I've seen care plans of 130 visits, it immediately raises a red flag in the consumer's mind. And regardless of what your philosophy is, and you'd understand this, Billy, like with marketing, you've got to meet your prospect where they are. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you believe. You've got to first create that relationship by getting inside their head and understanding what they can handle and what they can understand and what they want and creating that relationship with that intent in mind. So patients have a very hard time digesting the typical number of visits prescribed by chiropractors. And that's where a lot of the practice management came in with heavy, heavy education. Like we're going to do an hour-long report of findings. We've got to do a lay lecture before they get under care. And that works in certain circumstances, but a lot of times patients feel like, oh my God, there's so much red tape to get started and just receive care. I've, I've got to bring my spouse. I've got to sit through an hour-long report of findings. I've got to go to this lecture. And that hurts referrals, and that causes a lot of dropouts. Most chiropractors, it's easy to get frustrated by people not showing up for their second visit, not showing up for their third visit, or just uh, not accepting whatever care plan is recommended for them. So if you make this one little switch, and the disclaimer here is this is really catered from a a legal standpoint to a cash-based patient. It can work with out-of-network, but we're not going to get into it in this talk, but you've got to be a little savvy about it. Probably won't work with in-network because of the structure of the model of insurance and the care. But if you made this one switch, when you recommended care, let's say you're recommending 36 visits over three months. That's a very stereotypical care plan uh, that chiropractors get taught to recommend. If you purely just left out the 36 visits and let the person know, I'm going to take care of you for three months, this is everything that's included in the relationship of care. And that could be everything from, obviously, the visits to exercises, to email correspondence, to the talks you give, to nutritional supplements, to one-on-one nutritional, you know, whatever you may do. You lay out the time length of your initial recommendations, cater to the results that they want to get and the difference it'll make in their life, all that they're going to get in that relationship, and never mention the number of visits, you will see how much easier patients say yes, understand it, because patients can understand time length of, of healing, of getting over an injury, getting over an issue that they're having, so much easier than thinking, why do I have to come back for the same thing 36 times or even 12 times? 
you know, we are in more of an era of instant gratification than ever before. And it's only going to keep going that way. People want things now and quickly, and they don't understand why do I have to keep getting the same thing over and over? So a couple of things this model produces, it doesn't have the sticker shock of why do I have to keep coming in this many times for the same thing? Secondly is for the practitioner, it it allows you to have freedom in really congruent recommendations. Because we all know if you're a practicing chiropractor and you're recommending 36 visits over 12 weeks, that not every one of your patients necessarily needs that three visits a week in week 11. They may be doing fantastically. And I don't even mean just symptomatically. However you want to assess scans, x-ray, however you assess for subluxation, however it is, by not mentioning the total number of visits that person's going to get, you can really adjust the frequency really congruently with what they need, yet they're still paying you the same amount for that three months of care or five months of care or two months, however you want to create a care plan. And then here's where the magic comes in. Let's say you currently have, and I'm just throwing out these numbers as purely examples. This is not what I recommend. If you were doing 36 visits over three months for, let's just say, $3,600, complete examples. If you now did three months of care for $3,600, you may only see that person 28 times. Yet, and you're only seeing them less because they're getting such good results, they don't need to be seen as often. So you suddenly just made the same amount for eight visits that you didn't even spend time doing, which either frees you up, yet you're making the same income, or frees you up to see more people to make more income. Now, Billy, I feel like this is maybe the first time you're hearing this. So what questions are coming to your mind? Because I'm sure they're going to be the same questions for chiropractors listening. As you're talking about it, I like it. And I'm thinking of some some chiropractors that I know that... Um, I mean, I've got some good friends and that, you know, pretty much everybody comes in, their first treatment of care is going to be 24 visits, you know, then after that, you know, getting them on wellness. And then, uh, got a lot of other docs that I know and that I work with, you know, they do more like this, but without saying it like this, mm. if that makes sense, I'm looking at what you're doing with me and I know some docs that would really resonate with this model and they're kind of doing that. And, uh, and it's, it's funny. What I notice is even though it's, the real, it, it's so simple, it's just dropping, saying to the patient or scheduling, this is how the schedule has to go throughout, you know, 24 visits, 36. But for my, a lot of chiropractors, it's such a paradigm shift of not having a strict absolute visit number in mind. But as long as you have the time length and the investment, it's the same thing. And here's another thing that's great when it comes to patient perception. You're going to tell the patient, listen, we're going to start at this number of visits a week, initial frequency, whatever the doctor you feel is, you know that you know that you know how you want to start this patient. And then you let them know, based on your progress and what I see changing, uh, we'll, we'll change the frequency as necessary. And people literally don't want to have to come in as much. So if they're doing great and they don't have to come in as much, even if they're paying the same amount, they're happy. They want to tell other people about you. Uh, and let's say, because here's a very common example when that chiropractors hate this situation, when you people are paying per visit. Let's say Sally is in like her maintenance stage of care and coming in once a week or so, but she has an exacerbation. 
and you know she needs to, we need to up the frequency, seeing her two times a week or three times a week for the next two or three weeks. In Sally's mind, she immediately goes to, well, I understand like I'm hurting a little more. I had an exacerbation, but do I really need to be seen that many times? You know, is this really in my best interest or is the doctor know he's getting paid more every time he sees me or she sees me? That's going through patient's mind. So in this model, if they have a set fee for your care, for your relationship based on time, you can up the frequency with Sally and she knows it's purely because it's the best care recommended for her because she's not paying any more for it. Now, that will be the rare example. That will be a smaller example. The way the doctor comes out on top, let's say from a financial model, is the vast majority of people in this type of care, when you're, when you're providing like a whole person approach and you're including more into your care than just the visits, people will be getting better quicker and you won't need to see them as often. So that's what I mentioned earlier. It's like you will be getting the same investment per patient, but not spending as many visits or time, which frees you up to see more patients or more free time with the same revenue coming in. How do you make the transition from that, you know, after month three? Sure. And, and that's completely up to the provider of whatever they would have recommended, whatever is their uh, standpoint on continuation of care with people, however you call it. You know, there's maintenance, there's wellness, there's protection. It's, it's right. all jargon. Whatever you would have done, just do the same thing, but drop. It has to be this number of visits. You can just say, hey, we're going to have now if, you know, we can continue on another three-month plan and it could be at a different rate because the person's obviously not going to be coming in as much as when they were acute. So you can have a three-month, a six-month time-based maintenance plan or wellness plan. And that's, and, 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 but here's the thing. This is, uh, this is important that I forgot to address. This is not a membership-based practice. This is not a, you signed up for care for three months, come as you want, come as much as you want. That, there are those models. This is not a gym membership you, the doctor, are still 100% in charge of the frequency and of the care. So you are setting the pace as clinically necessary. That's important. And the other thing to realize is that it's not a monthly payment from the patient. It's not like, oh, this is a three-month plan and uh, I can pay per month and drop out at any time. It's, this is the fee for my care. And hey, you can, you can prepay or you can break it into installments, but it's not a monthly membership fee or schedule. And that's really important for chiropractors listening. Right. That's good. Yeah. And, you know, I do know uh, several chiropractors that, you know, have the model where they do, I guess it's almost like a, a membership type in a sense where they'll do, uh, you know, they'll call them their lifetime members, you know, people that, that just come in they pay a flat fee for the month and they get to come in once a week. Uh, if they do have any exacerbations and the doctor feels it necessary they can come in more, but it's totally at the doctor's discretion. Yeah. You and know? I would say I would, I would endorse that from like the, once they hit that wellness point stage, right. to exactly. use your service. Yeah. just not from the beginning, the per, per, per person feeling like a membership, because there's a lot of models out there that, you know, it's like $79 for a month for everyone in the family. And, and a chiropractor could end up giving away his adjustments for like $7, maybe at most. And that's, um, total revenue. No, we're not even factoring in like overhead. So sure. I'm not yeah. a proponent of that model to each their own. But what I've seen is chiropractors that can make the switch in their head and then implement it are seeing so much easier patient care acceptance, referrals, 
and they feel more congruent delivering care this way because it's 100% authentic. Like they're doing what they know is in the best interest of the patient. That's good. It's really good. Any other tips or strategies that you have for us? Sure. Well, let's talk about, so that, that's one little shift that makes it so much easier for the patient to understand. When it comes to communication, uh, there's a time and a place for ed- education. I would say that the more a chiropractor educates on the front end, the harder it's make he's actually ma- or she is making it for the person to want to refer other people in, again, because of, oh, I have to sit through this. This is so much red tape. This may feel like a timeshare sale. Instead of trying to get your patients from the beginning, visit one, visit two, to understand, accept, agree with, become a chiropractic advocate, instead of having that agenda, and again, coming from like a marketer standpoint, if you focus and you find out purely what they want in their life that they're not having because of the issue they're coming in with, the blown disc, the migraines, the neck pain, so it's transcending just focusing on their symptoms or their issue or even their subluxation. But if you really find out what's missing in their life because of this issue and you cater your why you're doing your exam, why you're recommending the care you're recommending, and what you want for them as being that, that end result in their world, how much better their life's going to be, you will also see a profound difference in how easy people like trust you want to say yes to you without being so concerned with what the finances are and wanting to tell other people about you even before they get the results they're looking for. That is one of the most profound things. I, I, do, I have webinars on my, uh, on my site that you can listen to. Listen to that for an hour. I go through step-by-step consultation uh, communication and questions to ask that you can start using the next day and you'll see a profound shift in how your new patients listen to you and want to go forward with you. You know, that reminds me, um, like what we were talking about earlier, you made the comment, I'm trying to think exactly how you put it, but you know, you've got to meet your patients where they're at and you've got to give them what it is they're expecting in a sense. And one of the things I talk a lot about, you know, in marketing, you market to what they want and then work on getting them what they need. Absolutely. And so I think that, that fits what you were saying about the first half. And then this, you know, in sales, uh, you, you always want to, you know, you're supposed to sell the sizzle, not the steak. Uh, you know, you have the features and the benefits, uh, features of whatever it may be are important, but what's really important and what really matters is why those features are there there to provide this benefit. So I think that's exactly what you're saying. You know, you're talking about, you know, here's what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. And these are all the benefits. We're going to do it so that you can, and you're, uh, we would almost in sales sometimes call that, you know, what's their hot button? What is it that really makes them, what's their why? And so you're going back to, to that and not really trying to sell them. I mean, you're helping them. We're showing them what's possible for their life, and that's truly chiropractic. That's giving people their life back, and, and, and people aren't going to understand it on a couple of visits about innate coursing through the body. They're not going to understand subluxation or nerve interference. Now, can you educate them 
through a process of once they're receiving your care and invite them to talks. I'm all for that in table talk. But that's where our profession over the last 30 years, since practice management really evolved, just has it absolutely backwards of on those first two visits, trying to get people to understand chiropractic, new patients, rather than trying to get the chiropractor to understand the new patient. And when you make that switch, you will see a profound difference in how easily people say, yes, I want your care, even if they don't understand how it works or why it works or whatever, and you can teach them that along the way. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it, it is practice management evolved at the same time in the profession that insurance came about. And because practice management is in the business of making chiropractors money, you know, they had to justify why are we recommending this person to come in a hundred times this year? Well, they can come in a hundred times because insurance will pay for it. So we've got to really show them and give this whole timeshare pitch on why they need to commit to this plan. That's how it evolved. So now that that's not the case, now that people have to invest in their care, the model that was used to get them to understand isn't applicable to, t- to today's patient. And that's the big thing. Um, chiropractors don't realize where practice management really evolved and the strategies were catered to a different day. The day has changed, the economy has changed, the patient has changed. Uh, you know, just 10 years ago, most new patients, it was their first time to a chiropractor. Now, it's their second, third, or fourth, and they've gotten a different message from every single one. And their BS meter is a lot higher, and they're going to go with the person who's the most authentic, the most passionate, the most real, and who caters to what they're looking for now more than ever before. Yeah, great stuff. Let me ask you this. Yes. If you were to start over today, new town, uh, you don't have any relationships, but you, you have an office, you have all of your equipment, all of your knowledge, what do you do day one, week one, month one to start that practice? Great question. And I'll, I'll tell you, Billy, I told you before we started the recording, I was listening to some of the podcasts on your on your site. And I listened to yours, at your, your trip to uh, Florida last week, and I was listening to Dr. Domenico, uh, and he, he had it spot on. So I'm going to credit uh, you know, he didn't think of this, but I, I'm going to repeat a lot of what he said because he's absolutely right. If you listen to the past podcast of first off creating relationships, not just where can I get my next new patient immediately and starting with like trick people trickling in, creating relationships based on what's in it for the community. And that can be charity based, having an event starting at least six weeks out. I mean, starting at least six weeks out, letting people know gathering supporters, gathering referral partners, gathering people, sponsors, gathering people who will tell their following. So thinking about the other practitioners, services, business owners in your community who have strong followings, especially followings, clientele, patients who are similar to your best patient demographic. So if you don't want to see Medicare people, you know, you're not going to go to the old age home. You're not going to go to the, the wheelchair shop. So being specific, I would, you know, Pilates instructors, yoga instructors, the nutritionists, the physical therapists, the acupuncturists, people who see uh, your like demographic, creating relationships with them, not from a standpoint of you're going to be taking their patients, but how can we do something together so we all get more exposure, having an event, having an opening event, and getting as many people in your community to endorse it, to tell their following through email, through in-person at their at their 
store, their practice, their venue. And uh, I mean, it, it, just don't try to do it all on your own. That's just like anything in life. Enroll other people, make it about them, make it a community-sponsored event, a charity-sponsored event, uh, and you got to put the work in. I mean, this is not something you're just going to send a few emails about. You've got to be introducing, making calls, walking in, and you've got to be spending hours and hours and hours every day before you open your doors creating those relationships and creating um, a big bang for when you open and then making sure that when you do, that your communication and your procedures are sound on the inside because it doesn't matter if you have 100 new patients coming to you that first month. If you drop the ball in your consult, in your exam, in your recommendations, that just went from 100 people coming to you and maybe 10 people getting care if you're not doing it well compared to 100 people coming to you and 85 to 95 getting care and telling other people about you. Absolutely. And that is that is a 180-degree difference. So it's not just about how can I get so much exposure, free exposure, other people endorsing me. It's making sure your procedures and communication are absolutely stellar on the inside to start growing it organically uh, and, and without having to spend tons of money on marketing or advertisements or anything like that. Sure. Yep. There's a, there's a lot that you can do. One of the things... Uh, it was episode, I believe it was episode number 13, uh, Tori Robeson, one of the suggestions that he had, I've never heard anybody else say it, but I think you'll like this. And what brought it to mind was talking about, you know, Pilates instructors, instructors, you know, where are your ideal patients, you know, where are they going to be at? And one of the things that I asked him the same question, one of the things that he said was, uh, find two different group fitness training things to do. One class in the morning, one in the afternoons, and you go every day, which is going to be benefit you, but you always show up wearing branded material from your clinic. Sure, absolutely. I thought, yeah. That's that was just a, a great idea. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I can't tell you how many Pilates classes I took, and I can't stand Pilates. I hate it, but I took two create a relationship with local Pilates instructors. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got to get into your community. You got to get known, and you've got to not just be there with like a vulture type mentality of "oh, send me a new patient," but how can I help you? How can we do something together? How can we get both get exposure? And then then you're coming with a mentality that will cause a lot more results than just what's in it for me. Very good. So talk a little bit about uh, the perfect patient funnel system. Sure. Best advice. Uh, go to perfectpatientfunnel.com. There are a ton of videos, audios, webinars you can get on. Get my emails. Uh, I mean, you can see the quotes. There, there's quotes from chiropractors just from getting my free information, the difference it's made in their practice. Uh, you can get on the phone with me if you're interested in actually getting inside the membership platform. It's an online site with more videos, audios, access to me through email, phone, uh, webinars. I do one-day trainings quarterly in Miami Beach. Uh, bottom line is it is providing you strategies that I haven't seen elsewhere in the profession that will allow you to be your authentic self, not a cookie-cutter model of me, not a scripted robot. You can be yourself and see amazing growth in practice while having a lot more fun, and that's what I want for chiropractors. All right, well, you just listen to episode number 79 of Cairo Candy. 
you can head on over to the show notes for this episode, which will be com forward slash 079. Uh, it's very similar to the show notes back in for episode 56, but there is some, some different things we put in the show notes for this episode. And there's also a link. If you were not signed up to get updates from me uh, on our email list, I highly recommend getting signed up. As a matter of fact, you can go to chirocandy.com um, and really anywhere on there, any of the pages, you should see a link to our seven tips uh, sheet, which is just some great marketing advice there. But if you download that, that'll actually get you on the list. and You'll get notifications when new episodes come out. But you're also going to get notifications whenever we, re- uh, whenever I launch the uh, or help him launch the A to Z program, which will be here pretty shortly, and also the Facebook training masterclass that we're going to be doing. So uh, make sure you head on over. Uh, as a matter of fact, the show notes to this particular episode will have links, um, all the links that you need. That's it. We will see you guys next week on another episode of Cairo Candy. See you. <laughs>